0: Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. Welcome back to the Downtown Explorer, and this is our fourth episode already, Tim. Can you believe that? And we are excited to have David Downey, the president and CEO of the International Downtown Association here. David, welcome to the Downtown Explorer Podcast. Thanks, Chad. It's really good to be here. So the International Downtown Association, also known as IDA. What is IDA so our listeners can get a sense of what you do?
1: So perhaps the best way to describe IDA is we are the industry association for all of the similar organizations like downtown Huntsville Incorporated. We provide training, we provide education, networking, We do public policy work on behalf of helping our members like downtown Huntsville create great urban centers for their cities and continue to uh, grow and prosper in ways that makes quality of life really fantastic for everybody.
0: And Give us a sense of, um, it says international, so in addition to all the great downtowns here in the U.S., uh, you work and coordinate with other organizations across the world, right?
1: We do where there is an active place management function. So you might want to think in terms of um, no matter what country we're working with, if they have a partnership model that uh, is built on a relationship between the the public sector governments, and the private sector business and property owners who collaborate together and then actually manage part of their city center or part of their city, in a certain district, chances are that's a form of urban place management. And those are the sorts of um, international organizations and members that we also work with. Now, here in North America, we actually represent uh, business improvement areas, downtown management organizations throughout the United States and Canada. So even before we started going long-reach international, we were international in in terms of Both U.S. and Canada is the audience that we serve on a very daily basis.
0: So if someone, if one of our listeners to this podcast wants to learn more about the International Downtown Association, where can they find you on the World Wide Web?
1: Super simple. Um, It's simply downtown.org, and all of our information is available right there on our website. And even contacts uh, for myself and anyone else on the IDA team if they're interested
0: So one of the reasons, in addition to just the fact that you are probably one of the downtown experts as the president and CEO, IDA was really, if not the most important role, one of the key roles in the formation of downtown Huntsville, Inc. going back to 2012. So for, uh, I started in 2013, but you all got started before even that with what's I believe called an advisory council walk us through how IDA first interacted with the Huntsville leadership to stand up DHI.
1: Well, I, I'm super excited to kind of reflect back on those days, and 2012 was a little further back than uh, I would have imagined, but I do remember that we were working with the Big Springs Partnership, and at the time, I think there was a desire by the organization to seek out its next uh, chief executive, executive director of the organization. And I still remember the conversation that I had when um, they called on IDA to say, see if we had any recommendations and of a basic inquiry around what the role of the CEO might need to be or what particular expertise was needed, whether that was economic development or whether that was you know, marketing and events or communications or you know, working in um, an operation safety security sort of uh, uh Uh, arena, I remember the question there, the word that came back was, well, we're not exactly sure. So our role as an advisory panel was to take a very short three-day visit. We spoke with untold number of stakeholders, both municipality. I remember speaking with Mayor Battle, um, speaking with an emerging leaders uh, kind of task, task group of young professionals that were Um, had a stake in what was the future of downtown Huntsville. Yeah, that was was the uh, downtown
0: 47. So,
1: Yeah, that was it. You're right. That's right. Um, You know, we just, we we spoke with a lot of folks that said, you know, what are you looking for for from the downtown and from the organization that will help shepherd that uh, experience in the future? And through that, you know, we came up with some recommendations on how to restructure what was the Big Springs partnership into a more active, uh, urban management organization. We didn't do the hard work. That was everyone there in, in Huntsville on um, the public and private sector leadership side who put it all together, recreated or established what is now downtown Huntsville. And I'm pretty sure they uh, they picked one of the best CEOs we have in the country in in Chad Emerson.
0: All right. Well. Okay. Thanks for joining us, David. That's yeah. all we need to hear. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for full disclosure, David and I have become friends, but I do appreciate the uh, the uh, the kind words there. I'll, I'll say this. Um, one of the things that's a very Huntsville thing to do is to hire experts and then listen to experts. And you all were the experts. Was not a group of several other um, downtown leaders that joined you in, in analyzing what downtown Huntsville could do?
1: Precisely. I still remember Andy Taft, who currently is the CEO with – Um, downtown Fort Worth led the group we also had Christine Burdick who was uh, at the time uh, running downtown Tampa Florida and then we had uh, Dave Smith on call remotely who is a chief recruiting uh, firm for all of downtowns across the U.S. and Canada who really helped understand kind of the the human resource talent management side of what was needed uh, along with myself who came together to, to formulate what downtown Huntsville could be as an organization and what to look for in its next ceo
0: so it's 2012 and you finish up this uh, advisory panel uh, provide the results uh, carol madry bell was helping out uh, with the founding board ha- chaired by evans liven i think you remember both of them and a lot of other great leaders so They took that, and then five years later in January of 2018, you returned and you were a keynote presenter for our Downtown Annual Meeting and Awards. In those six years in between, when you came back, what were some of the impressions of how the organization was evolving?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, Leaps and bounds. Uh, You know, it's almost a little hard to, to recall Back in 2012, you know, where you had the beauty and charm and quintessential, you know, wonderful, traditional southern downtown and and all of its offerings. But perhaps a little sleepy, uh, a little less activity and and overall perhaps looking for greater vision. When I came back uh, and I've been back now on several occasions, you know, the, the vibrancy, you know along the sidewalks, the, the the introduction of new restaurants, you know, in town residential, um, you know, activating the the park, you know, I'm seeing all of the new development on the immediate periphery of kind of the traditional core and, and almost expanding the downtown into a uh, uh, a contemporary mid sized city. Uh you know, it's pretty exciting to see and, and I still remember Early on, I think, uh, big spring partners, um, was helping to manage what used to be an older hotel down at the bottom of the, uh, of the park. And now you have, you know, uh, remind me, Chad, the name of the hotel that just went up.
0: Yeah. That's the AC uh, hotel right there. At that's Cesar. right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, here you have the AC hotel, which is now at the bottom of the park, you know, which you can, you know, is a very contemporary, very large, very, um, uh, you know on on point sort of facility that clearly knew that it had a, a market and an opportunity in a place like Huntsville and then you know I haven't actually seen the building but the new boutique hotel downtown uh, you know just seeing some of the new developments pretty exciting so you know, leaps and bounds don't think I want to quite go to night and day because it was always a fantastic uh, downtown to explore but uh, yeah it's really been fun to see how. How Huntsville has emerged, and I think in large part that's because it's had a the entire community has kind of gotten behind a unified vision of having a strong town downtown and really enjoying it. Well,
0: and one of the things that we committed to as an organization the board, our team, the community is you know, let's not just use IDA to help us figure out how to stand up the organization, but let's grow with our other downtowns. And one of the things that I found most valuable is the opportunity to serve on advisory councils myself or to apply for awards and get awarded for things we ended up getting a pinnacle award and so speak to how the ida you think of some of the large big downtowns in america the chicago's the new yorks the la's but a lot of your members are also middle-sized downtowns what are you seeing the trend in middle-sized downtowns because you hear a lot of anecdotes about people sometimes relocating from larger cities, but they still want to have a downtown in the smaller city they relocate to.
1: Sure. Uh, And maybe I'll come back to that second, uh, or to to your question after maybe a little further description about IDA members, even in the largest of cities. Um, You know, it's really fascinating for me as someone who's always loved urbanism, cities. It's just something that, that has been a passion of mine. But in finding this world of place management, even in our largest cities, New York, LA, Montreal, Toronto, they're made up of a great number of smaller neighborhoods, if you will. There is the downtown neighborhood, think about lower Manhattan versus midtown um, Manhattan and Times Square. They're almost their own little cities uh, unto themselves. And while there's always some scale differences, I think for the IDA membership, what is so worthwhile about, about, you know, getting involved with IDA and what Huntsville has done such a great job is the the industry comes up with interventions and, and actions that help improve their neighborhoods, whether that neighborhood is the entire downtown Huntsville or whether it's part of the city. And then really emulate those, you know, throughout the entire country. So what downtown Huntsville has is awarded a, a, a great award for their communication strategy, it's something that can be borrowed and utilized virtually anywhere in the country because it's the practices that are then customized for the specific location. So, you know, now to your question, Chad, what is pretty interesting is we all look at the scale of urbanism, kind of from a pedestrian perspective. You know, what's a scale or a size with a neighborhood that's walkable, that's achievable, um, either by bike, um, maybe a very short uh, car or transit ride? And since COVID uh, has hit and the COVID pandemic has really pushed people into alternative work environments, um, the idea of a, a mid-sized city is – in my opinion, a little bit of those who had to seek out the, the large city environment from a work perspective um, grew and grew or became um, passionate about a walkable urban lifestyle. And then when some opportunities started to emerge, either because of perhaps remote work or simply moving forward in their career stage, they're beginning to find that maybe a more consumable, more affordable, more compact middle sized city something you can wrap your heads around a little bit more or perhaps raise a family in not as large a place but something that's a little bit more understandable these second tier cities are really seeing uh uh, an opportunity to position themselves uh, with great places to work and a quality of life that's both perhaps a little more affordable certainly more accessible and just put Time and, and kind of sense of place into people's lives in a, in a very real way. So I think uh, the pandemic for sure has accelerated some trends, but this idea of second-tier cities or smaller mid-sized cities having almost a new opportunity in the competitive marketplace for talented, knowledge-based uh, workers is really accelerating in a place like Huntsville with all of your talent and and knowledge and great knowledge-based jobs. Um, I'm not surprised with some of the growth that you've been seeing.
0: Yeah, that's been real exciting. And one of the things that I think drives some success on any scale, but especially in some middle side city is the concept of place branding and place making. And the reason I bring that up, you mentioned the AC hotel. I remember putting on my lobbyist hat and lobbying you and, your team members like Carolyn said, Hey, so you're doing this first place branding, place making conference. Um, hey, I want to do it here. And <laughs> I, I want to do it here. Cause I want people bring people to rocket city. I think we're ready for that. But more than why you selected Huntsville is what is place branding and place making mean? Cause it almost feels like the software is to the hardware of a computer.
1: A great analogy because it is very much kind of the, the software, you know, when you think in terms of a city's streets and parks and buildings and that, that hardscape that makes it up, well, then there's the entire, well, how are we going to use this space? And there's passive usage, just like you have in, in regular park environments. And then there's more deliberate, you know, place making where events, activities, um, Things are put in place that draw people in. I think, if I remember correctly, one of your first um, award-winning projects was the book box.
0: Yeah, know, it true. was it
1: was the, it was the idea that we can put Adirondack chairs on the sidewalk and give people a place to passively, you know, take in a nice, comfortable afternoon lunch, perhaps. But simply by placing a box with books that can be borrowed and read begins to activate that space. You know, then when you think in terms of your events and the Christmas tree program during the holidays and things of that nature, that's all about place making or making, you know, making an, an environment for people to experience over and over again. You know, everyone's familiar with the putt-putt course, I'm sure, yeah. um, which is yet another example of bringing people back into the town, uh, you know, on multiple occasions to experience things differently. And while they're there... They'll see the new shops, they'll see the new restaurants, they'll participate in celebrations of the community. All of this is what you described as the software. But it means someone has to do it, and that's what place management organizations do, is they continue to come up with you know, great ways of activating their public route. And then when it comes to place branding, well, I guess you're just also putting the two last questions together what makes Huntsville such a great place and how can we brand it and, and communicate, you know, the value of, of a place like Huntsville. And I'm trying to think your, your newest, your newest kind of approach is really does a nice job, you know, talking about, I think it's a space to innovate, Yes, which, yes. which really gets to kind of the heart and soul of you know, the space industry, but also that knowledge-based innovative, um, culture that you have in Huntsville that tells the rest of the outside world, hey, not only might this be a great place to, to live and, and visit and experience, but also, too, we have entrepreneurs, we have thought leaders, we have great industries. You not only have the space industry, but you can make this your own space to be innovative. And I think that's brilliant branding that sets a place like Huntsville apart from you know other downtowns who are trying to find their own brand
0: you know david you have a remarkable memory <laughs> <laughs> i mean you have hundreds of downtowns you work with and and i didn't send you uh, talking points beforehand so remember pop up in our our tagline and all that stuff so uh, that you know, I, I it seems like we made an impression on david downey <laughs>
1: you, you absolutely have and every time i get back there uh, I enjoy Huntsville greatly, I'll admit it. Uh, it's the first place I ever threw did axe throwing and you know that because you, you introduced me to it. but I, I just I really appreciate uh, all the great work that your leadership has done uh, the support of mayor Battle and the city administration through all of it. it it's one of IDA's um, I guess case studies would be the word of how thoughtful. Public-private partnerships and great leadership in uh, the downtown organization can continue to yeah. accelerate the growth and success of our city.
0: So you, you mentioned uh, the, the axe throwing. I think we did that at Campus 805. Uh, and I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to test my memory when I said is uh, let's go throw some axes. And you almost looked at me like that's both sounds <laughs> terrifying and awesome, right?
1: <laughs> and didn't you
0: – you I took some of your team throwing it. axes, didn't you?
1: Well, I found it so fantastic that I think it was two or three years later when there was a axe-throwing uh, facility that opened up in D.C. We used that as our end-of-the-year staff gathering. And, and the, the sole purpose from my perspective was it basically taught everyone on my team that with a little bit of instruction and practice, we could achieve just about anything. And your physical capabilities or your... Um, athletic capabilities didn't matter you know we started our program and by the end of the day everyone on my team was able to throw the axe hit the board stick it and keep get it inside the circle and I also use that because the very next month we were going to launch into our next major database development program and everyone was a little uncertain how that was going to go we could demonstrate through axe throwing that just about anything's possible
0: there's a certain uh, therapeutically violent thing about uh, axe throwing <laughs> that is probably <laughs> good for groups that are going to do a big challenge. Um, Certainly. So the, so the qualitative side is, is IDA, so many of your resources are put into the qualitative side, but there is also a quantitative side. You had a great research department. Kind of wrap up with uh, this topic. One of the things after we did the qualitative place branding, place making event with you all, uh, our board, myself, our team, we said is... Yeah, we feel really good about this, but we need to test and we need to quantify empirically how we're doing. And so we signed up to be part of the Value of Downtown's um, study. Tell us, tell our listeners what the value of downtown's is for the IDA.
1: Sure. Um, uh, Let me first thank Downtown Huntsville for participating because this was a study that was discussed for far too long. Um, amongst the IDA professionals before we finally launched into it. And, and the premise was there is a significant body of research on cities in their entirety or even metropolitan areas, but very little when it comes to a part of a city and really beginning to understand, in this case, the downtown, what the value or the role of that downtown is driving success for the city as a whole and so you know based on my earlier comment, you know because our members only typically work in a portion of a lar- of a city the question was how do we how do we evaluate the effect that that portion of the city has towards the city as a whole and then ultimately guide the investment of both the municipality as well as the private sector, in that area, because as we now know, you know, the downtown areas account for less than three percent of the land mass of virtually any city, and yet the economic value that is driven from that three percent of the land, whether it be taxes or business and things of that nature, far outweighs um, the the value uh, from, uh, I should say doesn't far outweigh the value of the entire city it it punches above its weight so a very small part of the city generates anywhere between 10 to 20 and even 25 percent of the economic value of the city as a whole so whether we're thinking about where's the biggest roi it's going to be typically in the downtown if we think from a sustainability perspective uh, so a small amount of infrastructure is going to serve a very large function of the jobs and the employment, the workforce, the activity, the, 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 the goings on, if you will, of the entire community, um, still leaves a lot of room for, uh, the other parts of the city to do what it needs to do. But when we look at the value of the downtown, it's helping to drive value for the entire city and tax base for the entire city. So, for us, it was a really interesting um, big, uh, research project to undertake and continue to do so now in over 40 cities to understand downtown Huntsville plays a major role in uh, the city of Huntsville, and it does so, as we now find, at a increasingly important level. It's what we call a growing downtown because you're growing in both residents and in jobs, specifically in your downtown area. And And that's making Huntsville
0: stronger. Let's and let's dig into that a little bit because in twenty nineteen when just really almost literally before the pandemic um came along, we originally were listed and again this this I can't overstate how impressive the empirical approach your research department took. I remember getting the first questionnaire to fill out, and I was like, this feels like homework. I mean, this is a lot <laughs> of information. They want a lot of data points. This is not just let's print off the census track info and kind of put it into a nice graphic design template. This was a lot of deep dive information, and it feels like combining all that information the we started as a merging downtown in that tier and what really surprised me and it I took some explanation from Tyler and Kathy and you and your team in that it wasn't just small downtowns that are merging there are some of the smallest downtowns that are at the very most developed and then there are large downtowns at least in 2019 like Oklahoma City San Antonio, Tampa, some of these downtowns, which are significantly larger than us, that were also emerging. So how does how does the size of a city, it doesn't necessarily correlate to the tier, is that correct?
1: It, it is, and, and this is why I appreciate uh, the participation of everyone uh, that's, a, that's in our 40-plus uh, places that we've evaluated, because I think as, as city people and as urbanists, it's easy to think about New York City's big. Huntsville is small. Oklahoma City is middle, and we have this kind of innate uh, sense of what makes small, medium, and large. Um, we didn't we didn't um, initiate this research to understand how to describe small, medium, and large. But what real what was really a benefit was beginning to better understand how how to we call them tiers, but how to what are the typologies of our urban centers? And that's where we came up with, because the data showed us this, that we have emerging downtowns, growing downtowns, and established downtowns. Perhaps the easiest way for your listeners to describe it is uh, we looked not at the physical and not just at, say, the software that we just discussed, but we really started looking at the data in terms of What's the percentage of residents in the downtown compared to the city? What's the percent of jobs in the downtown? What are some of the attributes of the core compared to the city itself? Because we were, again, looking just at that center city downtown area. So someone who's emerging could be that their residential was growing at a significant rate compared to the past. Or their jobs were growing at a significant rate to the past. Typically, the area might be a little bit smaller in an emerging than in a growing or an established downtown. But what really became more evident was it's how it's growing and at the rate in which it's growing, in particular around residents and jobs. So an interesting point of fact would be as we continue to refine refine our own process, a place like Huntsville that uh, originally may have been in the emerging category because we were looking at it a little bit more um compared to everyone really was became a growing downtown when we started to examine that the the rate of growth in both both jobs and residents was quite significant for huntsville with growth percentages that, out, that far exceeded emerging downtowns. So even if you had a medium-sized city like Oklahoma City, if it wasn't growing jobs and residents at a high rate, it would just be emerging. If it was growing at significant rates like downtown Huntsville, it would be in the growing stage. And a little bit counterintuitive, the, the established downtowns, this would be a good example of, say, of midtown New York, They're already so large, so dense, so many jobs that either their growth has slowed or in some instances actually become a negative growth over the last 10, 15 years, in which case they're established, but they're actually not growing as quickly as growing downtown.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that was cool. One of your team members called up and said, I mean, 20, just a year later, said, hey, I got some good news. You're now growing downtown. I felt like I got a promotion <laughs> without even working for it. I mean, it, I mean, we, we work hard, but the, the whole point being is that you all didn't just do a single snapshot in time with the value of downtowns. You continue to benchmark that against future cities that come into the study. So I'll tell exactly. you what, David, uh, the number of developers and others that we've shared this report with, that have said, first of all, this is a treasure trove of information and it's presented in a really digestible way. So kudos to you and the team, because I know this didn't just happen overnight, but it's one of the most powerful tools we've used in our downtown recruitment efforts.
1: Well, that's that's wonderful to hear. And my hat's off, Kathy Lynn and Tyler Brazil on my team. They do stellar work and uh, I'll be sure to pass that along.
0: We'll wrap it up here. Uh, we're just about at the 30 minute mark. Uh, one of the things we like to do at the very end, we have a segment called The Favorite Five. We like to give uh, the guests or the, the listeners a glimpse into uh, the guest. A lot of times we're talking about really official things, but uh, I got to. Five questions. Uh, they're designed for one-word answers. You're welcome to explain your answer if you want, but you don't have to. So, let's start with David Downey's favorite. F- <laughs> David Downey's favorite five. Um, number one: a DC United match or a Washington Capitals match?
1: Can I get them both on the same day? <laughs> <laughs> I would say Capitals. I'm, I'm originally a Red Wings fan, so I love hockey. All
0: right. Uh, a, if you're going to to go between D.C. and New York, do you take the train or the plane? Train, every day. Oh, excellent, excellent answer. IPA or a Pilsner?
1: I am an IPA fan through and through.
0: All right. If you're going to do a long weekend, is it in Virginia wine country or down, down D.C.?
1: Well, seeing as how I work in downtown D.C., I'm going to admit it probably be the wine country, when I need a getaway.
0: That's beautiful out there. And last but not least, uh, if you have to visit somewhere this October, is it going to be the Bahamas or Tampa, Florida?
1: <laughs> it's absolutely going to be Tampa, Florida. We have our annual conference coming up there, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of my members like Chad Emerson for the first time face-to-face in far too long.
0: That's a pretty smooth setup, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> it was everyone in downtown Huntsville is welcome to come as well. Um, but hopefully you'll bring some of your leadership and key uh, and members.
0: Well, I am looking forward to seeing you, David, in person in Tampa, Florida this October. Thank you for all that the IDA has done to stand up our organization as well as help it grow over the years. Um, hats off to the IDA.
1: And to all of your great work, Chad. We really appreciate it.
0: All right, that's David Downey, the president and CEO of the International Downtown Association. You can learn everything you need to know and want to know about downtowns at downtown.org on the World Wide Web. David, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Ted. Have a great evening.